Cult Podcast features adult themes and graphic descriptions of violence. Listener discretion is advised. Now please, enjoy the show. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. For the purposes of this podcast, we define a cult as organizations that rally behind an entity or leader who espouse beliefs outside the norm. Organizations that require physical or monetary sacrifice as a condition of membership. Organizations in which the doctrines followed by the leaders are different than that of the followers. Organizations in which isolation is encouraged either by commune living or by a policy of disconnection from outside relationships. And organizations that actively recruit new members. All cults might have some or all of these traits. And as always, these these are are our opinions. opinions. Thank you for tuning in to Cult Podcast. I'm Paige Wesley. And I'm Armando Torres. And with us we have... Andrea Gazzetta! Yay! Yay! And it's my week! Yes! I'm really upset that we didn't realize that last episode was going to be episode 69. I know! We totally missed the boat on that. We also, like, just barely missed Manson. I know. Like, how great would that be if we would have been able to Manson make... should... If we had... I feel like if we had numbered differently and done, like, part one, part two, or something, yeah. but like, we could have made it happen. Because I feel like Manson earned that 69. Hey, but this is Charles Manson. I'm here to tell you one thing. 69, 420. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't think of a joke. I started... Nice. Nice. <laughs> oh, man. It's fun that you bring up Charles Manson, because today we're basically talking about Australia's Charles Manson. (laughs) These are two accents I do that people are iffy about. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be like a combo of two that people are mad about. Except nobody hates your Australian as much as they hate your Ringo. That is fair. There, there was some we got, serious Ringo We hate. had tweets of people that were like, hey, the episodes are really good, but can Armando never fucking never, do a Ringo accent again? Never, ever do Ringo again. <laughs> I didn't realize so many people liked Ringo Starr. I was we, shocked. No, I think people, I don't think people like Ringo Starr as much as they hate my accent. <laughs> That's fair. They like me because I give them a place to live in my giant nose. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh. That yeah, that kind of hurt. Is that we like retweeted it and then people started <laughs> liking it, <laughs> and it was like, oh no, it's nice to have friends. Uh... <laughs> I'm not doing it. I'm it's... not doing the voice. <laughs> Play into it. Release your fears. Um, so... I'm Ringo. Okay, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll Ringo away. <laughs> Oh, the Beatles were happy when you did. (laughs) (laughs) So today we're talking about, and I do want to preface this by saying my original plan as of a couple weeks ago for today was to do the cult with the guy from 10 Things I Hate About You because they were recently in the news uh, until I researched it and found out that people can leave whenever they want. It's not really a cult. It's just kind of a real boring, hippy-dippy church in Los Angeles. People join weird crystal churches like that all the time. Yeah. There's nothing keeping them there except they just choose to stay. There's nothing keeping them there except, like, the general vibe. Except they're like, he was in 10 Things I Hate About You, so I feel like it's a good networking opportunity. Oh, and I feel like I'm really close to, like, breaking through. Jesus Christ. My manager says I should try stand up. Is it the douchey guy from 10 Things I Hate yes, About You? Yes, it is. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Of course. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I tell you 10 things I hate about this cult, crystals, this guy, the people. <laughs> yeah, all of it, basically. So lots of astrology crystal A lot business. of bullshit. He's really into synchronicities where he's like, all of this makes sense. All of it is connected. And then he's like listing it out for you and you're like, 
none of that's connected. I think you should maybe just like cool off on the kombucha or something. <laughs> like, are you sure you don't have like tainted kombucha? Like, what are you putting in it? So that's not what we're covering today. Instead, we're covering Archibald, Mad Dog McCaffrey, and the Kill 7 cult. What the fuck? Fuck. Yes. So when I said that this is Australia's Charles Manson, it's because there's a ton of similarities in their life. Mm -hmm. Archibald, as we'll get into in just a second, similarly spent the bulk of his younger years in prison. We don't have as much documentation on it um, because it didn't make as big of a splash as Manson did, at least not stateside. So we're a little bit limited in our resources. Um, but our sources today are going to be Murderpedia, but specifically Archibald Beatty McCaffrey, The Kill Seven Murders by Paul Kidd. Um, also, we've got an interview with him from... An Australian news channel uh, starring Mark Stewart. We've also got the dailyrecord.co.uk, sleuthsayers.org, uh, scotsman.com, independent.co.uk, and drugs.com. Oh, that's my website. Yeah. Damn. It's going to be a lot of drugs. There's not really uh, very many books on this one. Um, Archibald at one point did write a book. I did try to find it. Uh, no. At least not in the States. I was not able to locate mm. it. Um, but we still, from news reports, have a fair amount of information. He's one of those killers that gives, like, when they're finally like, hey, did you do this? He's like, yes, and here's why. And just, like, gives them the whole backstory. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow. Okay. Yeah. So Archibald Beatty McCaffrey was born in 1948 in Glasgow, Scotland. So right after World War II. Um, when he was 10, his parents, Archie Sr. and Clementine, migrated to Australia from Scotland to leave behind their bleak working class existence and start a new life. So, I mean, how bleak does your life have to be? Because they moved into not a great part of Australia. <laughs> Um, so most of Australia is not a great part of Australia. Like a lot of the middle. Well, our biggest problem is that nothing was trying to kill us every day. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the only thing that was trying to kill us was our own alcoholism. So we figured we'd throw giant spiders into the mix. Yeah, this is like this is like that. And adorable marsupials. <laughs> I mean, sure, but spiders that are big enough to eat them. Oh, this God. is like that. Uh, the, the like origin story to a medieval video game or something where somebody's like, I don't have adventure in my life and I have to go out and find it. <laughs> I want to find huntsman spiders where I least expect them. Um, <laughs> uh, you know what was really funny? I talked to one of our fans and he was just like, yeah, but you guys have bears. And I was like, have you seen bears? Bears are adorable. Bears are <laughs> great. Chill to <TBH. laughs> Yeah, I was like, bears kind of leave us alone. <laughs> Yeah, bears learned how to take our food. They're just thieves. Yeah, they're just thieves. The only bears that suck are polar bears because they will stalk humans and murder them. Well, yeah, you know, we're kind of on their turf at that point. Yeah, Yeah. that's fair. Yeah, I've never... (laughs) That's fair. They just want want our (laughs) Coca-Cola. They've learned from the ads. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so they they moved from Scotland to Australia when he was 10. Uh, but by the age of 12, he was 
already in trouble. He was placed in an institution, juvenile institution, for stealing, and he already had a long record. So he had already been arrested multiple times. This is just the first time they were able to actually incarcerate him. Oh, yeah? We gotta bring you in for thievery, car theft, and boxing a... Kangaroo. Kangaroo. God damn it. I forgot what a kangaroo was called. Unsanctioned was... roo boxing. I forgot what a kangaroo was called in my brain. I was like trying to think of it. My brain was like, it's a it's a jumpy bear. Wallaby on your game, Armando. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, <laughs> by the time he was 18, Archie had actually been in institutions. Uh, he'd already been institutionalized five different times. And he had been classified as, quote, an incorrigible juvenile delinquent. And a root puncher at that. And a root puncher <laughs> at that. Um, even though he was released to 18, there was not a ton of hope for him to stay out <laughs> of prison. Uh, one of the detectives that had arrested him at one point uh, described him as the toughest kid he'd ever met. Uh, so by the time he was 24, he'd been in, in and out of jail so many times. He had a record of 35 convictions. Um, most of them nonviolent, all like breaking and entering theft, um, larceny. Uh, he had one assault charge for punching a cop. Oh, we got real close I, there. Yeah, I like, huh. was so excited. Punching no. a cop? Punching uh, a, a, a cop? Yeah, punching a cop, uh, while he was being arrested. Oh so my like, God, kangaroo cop. I, oh my God. Exactly. <laughs> I hate you. I hold, totally had that in my brain. I was like, what if it was like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> So Don't mad. worry. You'll have your day in kangaroo court. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to have to search your pouch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that sounds very much grosser on a human. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, prison purses. Uh, oh, no. Uh, so he wasn't considered a violent criminal. He was just considered a repeat offender at that mm. point. Um, kind of, I mean, in a way, kind of like Charlie was, where, you know, he was always in jail for stealing, stealing cars, things like that. Um, but never for, like, killing anybody or even really assaulting anybody. The assault on the police officer happened while he was being arrested. He threw a punch and caught a guy. So... What? So he just, he was just he's like, like fishing with punches. oh yeah I'm gonna start punching now and then he just fucking swinging punches they, they and were then trying water. yeah they were trying to like handcuff him and he was like nah and oh caught, caught in the okay face, yeah. I thought I didn't know he was getting arrested while it was happening I yeah, thought he was, he was just like while it was happening time to punch now and then just swinging around <laughs> I mean to be honest the further we get into this wouldn't put it past the guy okay like he's fully the guy to just be like today's the day <laughs> just like. <laughs> so um he loved i mean he was kind of in and out of prison so charlie was kind of in prison the whole time archie was in and out for different periods um so he kind of on a few of his trips out of prison developed a love for movies uh he specifically loved a clockwork orange and the godfather oh shit uh real non-violent right no (laughs) those are two very intense movies. incredibly intense and intensely violent films um, and, and he often identified with the perpetrators, not the victims. Yeah, they. The weird thing about those films too is they both have these like weird, like quote unquote, moral codes. Yes, that'll come into play. Yeah, um, that's very much part of Archie's oeuvre. Is his own personal moral code supersedes every other moral code, mm-hmm. um, which is a little strange. He's definitely a little more 
singularly driven than Charles Manson. Yeah. You know, in that Charles Manson was just like, pussy and girl, like, I just want to party and whatever. Charles Manson was in favor of everything that kept him out of prison, but kept him smoking drugs and having sex. Mm. Uh, Archie, as we'll see as we get further in, develops a very singular goal and will stop at near nothing to accomplish it. And that goal is uh, fucking Jughead, right? Yeah, uh-huh. That's... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It's the talk of Riverdale. So... <laughs> <laughs> um, he would watch those movies repeatedly. His favorite scene in The Godfather was the one where Sonny Corleone gets, uh, like, riddled with bullets. Oh, God. Yeah. Such yeah. a funny phrase, riddled. Riddled with bullets. Be like, <laughs> I don't know any riddles off the top of my head. I was just like, answer what's, me these questions three, or I will have a bullet for thee. <laughs> what's black and white and red all over? And then it's just his suit from the bullet hole. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and take the bullets out and be like, he was standing on an ice cube. Riddle me this. And then it's just, a, that's the sound the gun makes. Yep, yep. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I would have died. So at one point in prison, Archie talked to a psychiatrist who uh, asked him kind of about his love for some of these more violent movies and asked him if he thought he was violent towards people. And he was like, no, uh, but I do like to kill cats, dogs, and chickens sometimes for fun. Oh, oh no. Word. Yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. don't like it. It's, it's laying the foundation. We don't know if he had a head injury as a child, but I'd be willing to bet probably. <laughs> Mm. I mean, he's Scottish, so. <laughs> just, please take Those that Those caber out. tosses get real out of control. <laughs> you know, sometimes, wait, is it the just Scottish? Just walked that under the somebody wearing a kilt? Yeah. <laughs> they have the steel. It's real. <laughs> Iron Paul's McGinty. <laughs> After getting out of prison in his early 20s, he fell in love with and married a woman named Janice Reddington in April of 1972. Uh, and his family kind of hoped that I would settle him down. Um, they met at a hotel where she was a switchboard operator because this is back when there were still switchboards. Oh, okay. okay. So uh, they'd only been married about six weeks when she caught him cheating on her. Because she heard it on the phone that she... <laughs> <laughs> she was like, why did you call me while you were doing this? He was like, connect me to my side chick. <laughs> she was like, all right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> as your wife, I refuse, but as... <laughs> As a switchboard, switchboard operator, operator, I have an oath. I have a higher calling. <laughs> a higher calling? Oh, okay. my God. Okay. Um, so she was mad. Uh, he was madder. His response was so violent, uh, he was admitted to a psychiatric hospital. Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. For, I, for her catching him. Like, that's what kind of boggled my mind about it a little I bit. I mean, that's a classic narcissist behavior. Though. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he discharged himself from the psychiatric hold. Um, he threw away all the sedatives they had given him and started drinking heavily and started beating his wife repeatedly. Jesus. Wow. Yeah, like a lot. Um, even though she was pregnant, he would continually hit her when he was drunk, uh, which was most nights. Um, he also liked to kind of strangle her and put his thumbs up against her windpipe and then let her go right before she lost consciousness. So, like, not a good dude. If his baby doesn't have a ton of brain damage. We'll get to his baby. Oh, no. Uh, so he nearly killed her one night on accident. 
Uh, so he booked himself into the hospital again for a psychiatric hold. So he volunteered himself. Um, he told the psychiatrist that he wanted to kill his wife and her family and that he wanted to get the evil thoughts out of his head. But a few days later, he left the hospital and the doctors couldn't keep him there. Why is he just allowed to discharge himself? Yeah, you I don't can, get that. I mean, depending on the type of hold that you're on, you can discharge yourself most of the time. Hmm. Um, Discharging yourself sounds like the grossest way to describe masturbation. Gross! Oh. You're all welcome. Gross. <laughs> These visits hadn't really done much to improve uh, Archie at all. Um, he would basically go immediately back to drinking every time he left the hospital. Um, and started taking a fuck ton of drugs and a whole bunch of different kinds. Um, there's one specifically that we'll get into a little bit later that I think probably factors into the crimes a fair amount, but he basically was taking a lot of different stuff and would have just fits of uncontrollable rage. Blows my mind that he threw away those sedatives then. I know, right? right? Yeah. Well, it sounds like, you know, they keep saying sedatives in a lot of, like, the reports and everything that I read. And I think by that they mean, like, he was on, like, psychoactive drugs. So Mm -hmm. I, I I think they were giving him, like, schizophrenia medicine. And that's what they're referring to as sedatives. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, because that's what they end up giving him later on as well. I don't want to get rid of it. I like the voices in my head. They're the only ones that understand my hatred for the ruse. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll get to the voices in his head in just a little bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Um, so he did eventually get a job with a garbage truck. So that would... <laughs> yeah, that's about right. <laughs> yeah, that is. Uh, it kept him sober during the day, but only during the day. I feel like garbage man is the one job you're allowed to drink on. I feel like if we were going to allow people to... Well, but here's my thing. You're though, you exercising gotta, too much. You are exercising too much, but also you got to run that arm that lifts the cans, and you could easily just like take out cars with okay. that thing. Okay, all right. <laughs> well, Not or the also driver. injure yourself and die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the driver, but I do think that... Because I didn't... I forget about garbage, uh, like the fucking... What's it, the big old thing? Yeah, because if you fall into that thing, yeah. too, it's going to just, like, crunch you up. I thought this was, like, he was driving around and just doing, like, the tiny cans. If you're the tiny can yeah, man, Yeah, if you're that's the fine. tiny can man, then, you know, <laughs> tie one on. Yeah. But, um... If you're just holding onto the truck as it drives and just fucking be rip-roaring drunk. Right, right. Shitty bartender and garbage man are the only two jobs where you can drink. <laughs> So Archie's mother claimed that the birth of his son, Craig, actually settled him down. Archie's wife says no. (laughs) I would trust his wife on that one, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But his son, Craig Archibald, was born on February 4th, 1973. Um, He was still drinking heavily and taking a lot of drugs at the time. Oh, Archie was. Okay. Yeah. Not Craig the was. newborn child. Not the newborn child. Archie was. Oi! Ma! Um, bring us a couple of slots! <laughs> Is that alcohol? Ma! Cut us some lines! Uh, <laughs> so Janice was actually terrified to take the baby in the car because she was letting Archie drive. Oh, no. Get in the car! Get in the car! Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, his son Craig only lived to be six weeks old. Oh, no. Oh, no. March 17th, 1973, Janice took the baby to bed with her to breastfeed it. 
and she fell asleep. And when she woke up at 9 a.m., she said she felt something underneath me in bed. <gasps> she jumped out of bed and realized that she had accidentally suffocated the baby oh, by no. rolling over on it. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Which it's like the most tragic thing That's so I can't even imagine. Horrifying. And I mean, especially you're a new mom, you're exhausted. She's definitely not getting any help from Archie. So it's just unbelievably sad. Well, not a only is she tragedy. not getting help, she's getting beaten or and, physically yeah, and injured. And no sleep. Yeah, yeah I, so I would say she's like, being hindered. Yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so she was, I mean, obviously wildly distraught. Um, and they reported it to the police. There was an inquest, inquest a few months later in August um, and the coroner actually said that the child had died accidentally when his mother went to sleep on top of him while breastfeeding. He had completely exonerated Janice, saying that she didn't intend... It was completely accidental. He His actual statement is, uh, in the interest of the welfare of the young mother, I can't find anything to be critical of her for what happened. So it was just a basically tragic accident. Uh, but Archie did not agree. Oh, God. Uh, in his mind, Janice had murdered their child. So he left her literally right after, immediately after. Um, Probably for the best yeah. of her. Oh, for her. Yeah. Her life, I'm sure, got immeasurably, immeasurably better after he left. Um, he didn't intend attend the inquest um, and sent a scathing letter to the coroner accusing Janice of murdering their son. Basically being like, how dare you say this was an accident? She did it on purpose. Like, it's horrible. Um, I know this isn't the right time, but Koala Coroner would be a good addition to our list of shows. Oh, (laughs) God. Along with that kangaroo court? Yeah. Uh, I I like to think they all exist in one show. Brad Laveau is the lawyer. Gator Justice. Yeah. (laughs) Gator Justice. Kangaroo Cop is the, he's the police officer and Koala Coroner. I guess we got to find a place where all these animals could exist (laughs) now that I think about it. These are not things that... Are there gators? In... Of course there's gators. Why am I even no, asking myself this question? The crocodile hunter. In, in Australia? Yeah, they have crocodiles, not alligators. Oh. I don't think yeah. they have alligators. Or, sorry. Yeah, I don't think they have They them. have the much... Yeah, because crocodiles are violent. They're like the polar bears of the lizard family. They'll like... They'll like stop. <laughs> They've got translucent skin. <laughs> <laughs> they love Coca-Cola. Yeah. According to Archie, the death of his son is really kind of what sent him over the edge. Yeah, I don't think so. I think he was already, already. I think he was. Bad. I think he was already a shitty person who cannot yeah. process loss. Um, about a week after Craig's death, um, the McCafferty's, his his parents, had people over for drinks after the funeral, which is the most. Scottish thing I could think of. Uh, And when most of them had gone home, Archie put on a record called Nobody's Child in remembrance of his son, which dark, man. Yeah. Dark. Real party vibes here. Yeah, real killing the vibe. Um, An argument started and Janice fled and he tracked her down hours later in Blacktown, so like a town, like a few towns over, 
and he accused her of killing their son. Jesus. So this is like at the kid's funeral. He's just like, murderer! Like, just hardcore. Uh, he went after her with a fence picket. Jesus. So he like ripped a fence picket out of the ground and went after her. And it took Janice's brother and another man to hold him back. And they beat him nearly to death to basically keep him away from her. Yeah. Um, the following day... He showed up at his parents' house, badly bruised, and basically played the victim. And was just like, they hit me. It's like, you came after her with a fence picket. She, his mother begged him to readmit himself to the hospital, uh, to the psychiatric hospital. He did. Um, a friend drove him to the Parramatta Psychiatric, psychiatric Center, where he booked in for treatment. It was his third self-admission in nine months. Um, which meant that the hospital staff had to call the police when he checked himself out. Mm. So apparently they were, they now kind of have a record of like, he hasn't yeah. been in prison, but he's been institutionalized three times in less than a year for violent crimes. Not like, not like I'm going to kill myself or I'm depressed. They're all like, I want to kill other people. <laughs> and he's, it's bad. When he signed himself out this time, when he discharged himself, his main goal upon getting out was to get a tattoo commemorating his son. He was super into tattoos, like hardcore. And he had like a specific tattoo artist that he saw all the time. He had more than 200 tattoos at the time. Jesus. Wow. Which, and by the way, this is like 70s and 80s where it's not as common like this is 1978 not as common to be like covered in tattoos covered in tattoos um he used to basically confide in his tattoo artist like a therapist um so the police had when the police had to photograph all his his identifying marks when they finally booked him later after his crimes uh they had used multiple rolls of film Jeez. To get all of the tattoos. This one's me punching a dingo. This one's me punching a kangaroo. It's a lot of the same shit. Just kind of over and we, over. We had this like Tasmanian devil tattoo and we just would use other animals instead of Taz. And then I've just got like an original Taz. No, this one's really funny. This one is my wife's name. And then Calvin is pissing on her name. <laughs> and then as you can see, this is me beating up Calvin. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, go get the other camera. It's going to be a while. Oh, man. Um, he his, Most of his cops were uh, anti-police based. <laughs> or most of his... Most tattoos? of his tattoos. Yeah, most of his tattoos were anti-police based. <laughs> I, I said that as I was reading a note that That's, said what the tattoo said. Like when he gets arrested, they're photographing him. He's like... Well, this is awkward. <laughs> pretty much. That's pretty one of my, there's, a, there's a photo, and it's one of my favorite photos ever. And they're doing that where they have to uh, get all the identifying uh-huh. marks. And so they have this cello-looking dude lift up his shirt, and on his chest it says, Fuck the cops. <laughs> and there's just two police officers standing next to him going like, Ah, yeah. <laughs> just pointing at it and smiling. Um, You know what? I feel like that's a little more catchy than what Archie had. Because one of Archie's said, the man who puts another man under lock and key is not born of woman's womb. <laughs> Just imagine being a tattoo artist having to and be like, like this, uh, is, this is a little complicated. Wordy. Can we like shorten it? Archie, are you sure about this? 
I want to remind you, you pay me by the letter. (laughs) I want it to sound like scripture, but be about (laughs) hating police. (laughs) Another one just says, kill and hate cops. Yikes. You could have just, just kill. Just kill cops. It's fine. I'm, I mean, like, none of them are fine. Cops are people, too. Yeah. But also, I love like, that kill I mean, is first, and then he ramps up. And hate. then hate. And then hate. I also love that it has no pronoun. Oi, mate. You finished that tattoo yet? I just kind of thought of another add-on for that. <laughs> a tag? A tattoo yeah, tag? I thought of a tag for that uh, tattoo. I do hate them a bunch, so if you could, like, add hate yeah. to it. <laughs> I used to say kill hate, but then I got real into fucking hating cops. <laughs> it's like a public sign. Like, no, no smoking here, but it's just... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he has two bulldogs on his chest. I'm guessing for his nickname, Mad Dog. And two sharks on each shoulder. What? that's the most Australian thing ever. Is to have, like, in LA, it's always shoulder birds. Yeah. Yeah. Shoulder birds. Shoulder birds. Or shoulder flowers. Or shoulder flowers. Yep. I'm going to get some. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's, it's like, I just, I love sparrows and they mean peace. And I just got like one on each side, like angels watching over me. And you're like, Beck, you just order. <laughs> <laughs> the barista doesn't need to know. Uh, <clears throat> but if it was Mad Dog, you'd be like, I got sharks because they never sleep. <laughs> what the fuck? They can't stop swimming, just like I can't stop killing and hating cops. Ironically, bulldogs can't stop sleeping. <laughs> so, like, it balances out. I'm going to be honest, I just think they're kind of cute. <laughs> I just kind of like them. I don't know if you saw the tattoo next to the kill and hate cops one, but this one says pet and love bulldogs. <laughs> Um, so when he finally decided what he wanted to commemorate his son, it was a cross-shaped tombstone oh boy. coming out of a red rose. Oh, man. And it says, in memory of Craig, which, by the way, <laughs> I know I know adults named Craig. Yeah. And so I know at some point ch- people named children Craig, but I just cannot picture children called Craig. Oh, this is my baby, Craig. Craig. I'm like, that's almost like being like, this is my baby, Winston Churchill. <laughs> <laughs> also looks a lot like a bulldog. I really like him. I also like how they named, they named him Archibald. And Archibald. Then, and then through the life he's lived, it's just they were like, nah, you're an Archie. You're an you're, Archie. You're definitely not an Archibald. <laughs> oh my God. That's a lot of strong choices. This is my baby Raymond. Yeah, like it's just weird. But I also feel like the name Craig, I've never attached it to someone that I'm like, this is a competent adult. See, I I have a different experience where I had a boss for a couple years named Craig, who was one of the best bosses I've ever had. So I have like a positive Craig association, but it's also only ever adults. I've never met a baby named Craig. Like, I assume Craig had to be a baby named Craig, but like... In looking at, like, if I just saw someone with a tattoo that was just, like, in memory of Craig, I'd be like, oh, my God, did your friend die at summer camp? Like, what happened? No, it's my baby. It's my baby. You no. need the baby Craig? So, yeah, he has a in memory of Craig tattoo. 
And then a couple weeks later, he would return to get another tattoo that's going to figure into the crimes a little bit more prominently. Um, A couple weeks later, he got a number seven tattooed on the web between his thumb and forefinger. Ouch. Yeah, that sounds painful as hell. It's the only space left. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It it was actually one of the only places left. (laughs) Uh, And he had it tattooed next to the head of a snarling panther. I think he just likes animals. Yeah. Even though he kept killing them, I feel like maybe he's just an animal guy. My three favorite movies are The Godfather, Clockwork Orange, and uh, We Bought a Zoo. It's my... It really is my dream movie. Also, Zootopia. I like the undertones about acceptance and anti-racism. Uh, yeah. Okay. Also, that bunny was hot. <laughs> that was the character that was not me. The only <laughs> Okay, sure. I feel like your personal views are leaking out the more you defend. The, the only character. hot bunny is Jessica Rabbit. Thank you very much. <laughs> not technically a bunny. Uh, he chose the number seven for a couple reasons. It was his lucky number, and by the time he had gotten the tattoo, now I can't stop it. Tattoo. By the time he'd gotten the tattoo, he had already decided that seven people would have to die to avenge his son's death. Oh shit! This does not add up. His math is bad. Oh, it's it gets worse. Like as he's going through his reasons for like this is why they have to die. You're just like that doesn't what I don't. No, you don't understand. Seven. Look at my hand. It says <laughs> seven. seven. How many fingers am I holding up? I've only got seven. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you're trying to tell me I'm wrong, but there's a reason I tattooed it. I don't remember what it is, but it's got to be to kill people. <laughs> I checked on my chest. I've also got one that says, like, beware John D. So I'm not sure what that's about. Maybe he's one of the bulldogs who's just got, like, <laughs> a surly disposition. Uh, Some cunt named Craig died, apparently. <laughs> I don't know what the shit this is about. But... <laughs> this is like boomerang memento. <laughs> this is terrifying. Uh... Originally, I was just killing cops, but this one tells me I gotta hate them too. <laughs> <laughs> you won't believe how I feel about bulldogs. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, so Janice, his his uh, ex-wife, hadn't seen her. I mean, they're still married at this point. It's not official, but she hadn't seen her husband in five months since she had visited him at the hospital. They're still together? Yeah, I feel they, like... They haven't... I think they haven't legally gotten divorced yet, but they're definitely not living together. I, mean, I feel like it's I just guess. one of those things that's probably hard to do when you, like... If you serve this man papers, he'll eat your face, is what yeah, it feels yeah. like. Yeah, I, I, I just feel like it's kind of a difficult situation. Yeah, um, I guess she had visited him at visited him at the hospital the day after he tried to kill her. Um, bold move. It is bold. Wow. Well, and I imagine it was probably to just, like, I'm filing papers. <laughs> like, I'm guessing that's probably why. Uh, but on August 23rd, 1973, the night before the inquest into the baby's death. I'm f- I went down to Kangaroo Court. I filed the papers. Meet Brad Laveau. He's my <laughs> lawyer. I'm just a simple country. He's American. We like him anyway. Uh, <laughs> Not like these crocs we got up here. Hey, okay. Hey. Uh, so the night before the inquest, so the night before they announced that it was basically just an accidental death, yeah. two bricks with notes wrapped around them 
flew through the window of her house. Oh, yikes. And they were clearly both from Mad Dog. Um, By the way, remember that initial quote about, like, he who locks up a man is not born of a woman, like that crazy rambling? Uh, he clearly wrote that himself because this is what the notes said. <laughs> the first brick, it says, uh, it says, I fucking have you. And then the second brick is just an asterisk and it says height. <laughs> no, this Sorry, is... I made a typo on that first brick. <laughs> Third brick. <laughs> Where is he getting all the bricks? Uh... <laughs> One more brick, LOL, wrong number. <laughs> <laughs> New brick, who <laughs> This is the original Nokia. (laughs) (laughs) Then Nokia comes, it ran out of bricks. Uh, So (laughs) the first brick read, you and the rest of your family can go and get fucked because anyone who has anything to do with me is going to die of a bad death. Most deaths are bad. (laughs) He continues. You know who this letter is from, so take warning, because Bill is the next cab off the rank. Then you go one by one. It was signed, you know who. What the fuck? So Bill was Janice's mother's boyfriend. For some reason, he hated him the most. And then he sent a second brick. And this is literally like one right after the other. So he clearly like wrote them out and then sent another brick. The second brick said, the only thing in my mind is to kill you, your mother, and Bill. This is not a bluff, because I'm dirty on all of you for the death of my son. But I can't let it go that I have a matter of a few guns. I'm going to use them all on you for satisfaction. Beware. Beware. Oh, what? Beware. What the fuck, man? Yeah. Every choice he makes is such a strong a list strong of choices. It's a strong choice. You know, where it's kind of like... I feel like Charles Manson bungles into choices that end up being hilarious choices. Archie is just like, no, I'm doing it. And you're just like, damn, bro. It's the thing is, is like the confidence yeah. with which he's just like, I, I know this is right. I'm doing it. Yeah, I'm doing it. Uh, a week earlier. So the week prior to throwing the bricks, Archie had formed a gang out of an odd assortment of teenagers. Uh, <laughs> oh, and shit. He's How the worst he Peter Pan. <laughs> he, at this, he, he's in his, his mid-20s. So it's a group of teenagers and then a 26-year-old woman that he was living with that he had met at... Wendy? No. <laughs> Oi, I'm Peter Pot, and these are the I-don't-know-where-we-are boys. <laughs> uh, her name was... All you got... <laughs> This is this, this is Tinkerbell. <laughs> no, we just actually have Tinkerbell. I was gonna say it's it's a man with a box of tools. He's a tinkerer. <laughs> uh, so it was Carol Ellen House. So she was a 26 year old woman. They met in the mental hospital and then moved in together immediately. Oh, That's a hot shit. look. <laughs> That is that is a that is some hot sex. I'm gonna say it. She was the mother of three children, um, ranging from four to seven, and was currently separated from her husband. Um, she was in the hospital because she had made multiple attempts on her own life by taking a large dose of sleeping tablets. Um, she in the well, hospital. Well, they gave you those sedatives too. I just threw mine out. <laughs> uh, Carol had told Archie she was, she was going to try again while they were in the hospital, and he talked her out of it. Oh. 
for some reason. Uh, so this kind of bonded the two of them. So they were now like BFFs. Trauma bonding. I want to hear that fucking pep talk. Sweetie, there's so much to live for, like killing and hatred. <laughs> Uh, they also met a, a teenager named Julie Todd in the hospital as well and took her in to the apartment with them. So she was now living with them as well. Okay. Um, so they then picked up two more teenagers, Michael John, who went by Mick Meredith, and Richard William, or who went by Dick Whittington. <laughs> Mick Meredith and Dick Whittington. Are these Mick, Dick, Rick, and... Shit. It's oh, a real shit. Tweedledee, tweedledum. <laughs> it's yeah. a lot. Yeah. Uh, they were two 17 year olds that McCafferty had met at the tattoo parlor a few days before. <laughs> what the oh, God. Fuck? So now he's got basically this group. Mick and Dick had a couple of rifles. Uh, and the sixth member of their gang was a 17 year old, another 17 year old named Rick Webster. <laughs> oh, shit. He called we it. got Mick, Dick, and Rick. Mick, Dick, and Rick. <laughs> This um, is the worst nursery rhyme. And McCaffrey had met Rick just a couple days earlier through his brother. So now they've got a gang. Oi, hi, I'm uh, Julie. Oh, we all know each other. We're in the same gang. I, I don't want to ruffle any feathers, but I was thinking, could my nickname be Slick? <laughs> Slick Mick Dick Rick. Wait. Oh, it's a, a choice they pick. Need, like a dozy meek and teak. Ah. <laughs> So, uh, the gang chose their first victim, a man named George Anson. What? How did he convince these children to murder someone? See, this is what kind of boggles my mind. Because with Charles Manson, there was months and months and months of... Of, like, prepping of and prepping. LSD and kind of, like... In this one, there was just PCP. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. I don't know. Have you guys ever known somebody that's done angel dust? No, but no. I have some uh, information on angel dust so we can briefly go over it. Yeah. Um, because we haven't really touched on angel dust yet. Angel dust is, I mean, PCP is short for fencyclidine. Mm-hmm. Uh, common street names are angel dust, boat, hog, love boat, whack, ozone, PC, peel, Dust, embalming fluid, rocket fuel, super grass, super weed, wacko tobacco, and killer joints. They refer to PCP combined with marijuana for the last two or three. Yeah. Mm. Um, so it is a hallucinogen. Um, it basically causes profound distortions in a person's perception of reality. It's a dissociative drug. Uh, it leads to dis- distortion of sights, colors, sounds, and the environment. It was developed in the 1950s as an anesthetic. Uh, what? But due to the serious neurotoxic side effects, uh, it was discontinued. Ketamine, an anesthetic used for surgery and painful procedures, was developed instead and is structurally similar to PCP. Ketamine has also now subsequently been discontinued, although there are tests for testing ketamine on depression patients. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people I know take ketamine because... Uh, you feel drunk without the, like, getting sick part. Yeah. It's like a horse tranquilizer yeah. is essentially what it is. Jesus. Um, in its purest form, PCP is a white crystalline powder that readily dissolves in water or alcohol and has a very bitter chemical taste. Um, it contains a number of contaminants causing the color to range from light or darker brown to a gummy mass consistency. Um, it's essentially... To, it interacts with your receptors 
So that's why it's so dissociative. It basically stops your brain from working properly for the time that you're taking it. Most people smoke it, um, or you can drink it, but smoking it usually combined with marijuana is the most common. Yeah, I've seen it. Uh, people put it in joints. Yeah. Why? Um, it's just kind of like weed. Weed is. People lace weed weed with stuff a lot. It's just kind of a popular way to take stuff. Some people put crack in weed. Some people put uh, coke in weed. I don't. I think. I think smoking cocaine actually doesn't do anything. I think it. It's like a waste of weed or a waste of uh, cocaine. Coke yeah. because mm-hmm. it like it doesn't get you high or anything. But uh, people put PCP in weed all the time, and I don't. I can. I can't tell you why. I don't know why. I don't really okay. know shit about PCP. Well, one of the main side effects is numbness of the extremities um and a sense of strength and invulnerability if you ever talk to police who have dealt with people on pcp a lot of times they're very very difficult to subdue because they will fight you to their own death yeah they do not they cannot feel pain for the most part they'll punch through windows jump off buildings like it makes you feel invincible and you don't feel any of the pain that's occurring until the next it's until you like come a, out of like a super shot of adrenaline yeah. basically in fact if i remember correctly the one ancillary, ancillary member of wu-tang who like cut off his genitals and jumped off a balcony was on pcp at the time yeah. whoa yeah People yeah. fuck with PCP heavy. It's weird. That's the thing is that there's like, uh, like I'll do acid and shrooms, but for some reason, maybe probably for a good reason, to me PCP is like in the same category as like crack and yeah. cocaine where it's like, no, nah, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. I'm chill. Um, the other thing that PCP can frequently cause is auditory hallucinations. That's going to be important in just a second. Image distortion, mm. mood disorders, and amnesia. So people will oftentimes not remember. Can the f- effects of PCP cause long-term damage? Of course. Okay. Yeah, any yeah. of these drugs can. Um, also, anxiety, a feeling of impending doom, paranoia, violent hostility, and um, a lot of traits that are indistinguishable from schizophrenia. If you already are prone to schizophrenia, it won't cause an onset the way LSD will. But it can familiarize you with the symptoms, which can make it a little more difficult to diagnose. Mm. Um, so high doses will cause a drop in blood pressure, pulse pulse rate, and respiration, which could kill you. Uh, nausea, blurred vision, uh, rapid eye movement. Nausea. Tooling. I'm out. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's where I draw the line. Uh, losses of balance. Uh, suicide is extremely common. Yikes. Violence Jesus. is very common. Um, high doses of PCP can cause seizures, coma, and death, usually from accidental uh, injuries or suicide while intoxicated. Um, delusions and hallucinations, which don't always go away after the PCP high is done. Mm. Um, it's it's also because it's occasionally injected, you can be at risk for HIV, hepatitis, and other diseases from sharing needles um, by using pcp and it is wildly addictive it's very simple to it's similar to but considerably stronger than um benzodiazepines oh benzos yeah okay so it's it's like an extreme benzo for a lot of users they end up in the hospital because of violent side effects um but 
it's very important that if someone is having a bad PCP trip, they should not be left alone because it is highly likely that they will either harm themselves on accident or on purpose. Hmm. So yeah, don't take PCP guys. <laughs> yeah. Don't take, yeah. Don't take PCP. And if you do just be very careful. Yeah. <clears throat> but I would say probably just, just don't just do it. Don't yeah, I would say PCP. just don't, don't do it. Just do acid or some shrooms. So the group of them, Archie for sure was out of his mind on PCP. Um, it's likely other members of the group had taken it as well. Um, they came upon 50-year-old George Anson. He was a World War II veteran and would sell newspapers outside the Canterbury Hotel. And then every night after work, he would drink at the hotel um, just after closing time on August 24th, 1973, he was staggering down the street and the group followed him. They'd been kind of cruising the area in a stolen Volkswagen looking for someone to beat up and rob. But Archie specifically was looking for someone to kill and he was out of his mind on Angel Dust. Jesus. I imagine when they're stalking him, they're just like Scooby doing it like all simultaneously, like tiptoeing right behind him. Just in a Volkswagen. Yeah. Oh, they're Mixed. in. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Archie says that Anson basically didn't resist. He was way too drunk. Um, they dragged him to a side street. Uh, Archie started to choke him and before he was able to actually get his hands around him, Anson called out, you young cunt. And they were the last words he would ever say. Uh, at this point, Archie flipped out and kicked Anson repeatedly in the head and ribs until he was likely dead. Who are you calling young? <laughs> um, this is when Archie claims that he heard the voice for the first time. The voice? He heard a voice that said, kill seven kill seven kill 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 oh i thought you meant nbc's the voice no <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah anson was in the gutter and mccaffrey archie pulled a knife out and stabbed him multiple times in the back and neck specifically seven times oh shit jesus yeah seven times in the back and neck and then gave him one final kick in the face before running back to the car. Jesus Christ. All of the teenagers and Carol were just kind of in awe, except for Rick Webster, uh, who apparently, according to all the stories at the time, just said, like, why the fuck did you do that? Like, why'd you kill him? What's going... We robbed him. Don't... Why did you... And Archie replied, I stabbed him because he called me a young cunt. Now drive. So from that point... Archie didn't trust Rick Webster. He decided Jesus. that Rick would have to die. Oh, no. I'm just imagining them driving away and, like, Archie's, like, his eyes are squinting and he's just in his head. He's like, I don't like this Rick guy. I think I'll have to kill him. And then everyone just turns around and is like, Archie, what did you say? <laughs> he's just saying it out loud. <laughs> um, I mean, according to Archie and some of, you know, the others... Everyone was just kind of okay. They were just like, damn, you killed that guy. But like not in a like, oh no, kind of way. They were like, where are we going next? Like, were they, so they were all on PCP though. Um, at least Archie was. I suspect some of the teenagers were as well. Um, but everyone was just kind of like, whoa, where to? 
<laughs> just like not. Oh shit! You killed that guy. Can we also go to round table? Um, they I went was... to Hardy's Drive-In Fast Food Get Bar. Get the oh fuck out of here! And now it's H A R T E E. So oh, not, I thought they not went to a Hardy's. Carl's Jr. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it says they ordered hamburgers. And McCafferty cleaned up in the men's room, which, by the way, like, I have been to some shitty McDonald's bathrooms. Yeah. But how fucking insane would you react if, like, a guy walked in covered in blood and was like, excuse me, just need the hand dryer. Like, just, (laughs) it's crazy to me that no one was just like, I'm sorry, are you high on PCP and did you just stab a man to death and then kick him again? Like, what's wrong with you? No, see, what you're not understanding is, uh, uh, uh... Wallaby! And then you just run away. You just take <laughs> off running. Um, so apparently they went for fast food and didn't talk about the murders at all again until they got back to the flat. Good call. Um, so in the men's room, Archie claims that his son was talking to him through the mirror, asking him to go with him. He tried to touch him, but then he was gone. Oh. And he heard the voice again, kill seven. Oh. Kill seven. Back at the flat, Julie washed off the murder weapon and then just gave it back to Archie. <laughs> just like, here you go. <laughs> just like, cleaned it up for you. Uh, only then did he talk about the murder. He said that he couldn't help himself. He couldn't stop. He didn't understand why he did it. He said that there was a voice and it was for sure Craig's voice and it told me to kill. Now, I do want to stop for a second. Craig was only six weeks old. Never had a voice. Never had a voice. Did not talk. Not at all. What do we think all. that voice sounds like? I want it to either <laughs> sound like what his actual voice would sound like or like Morgan Freeman. I, want- <laughs> I think it has to be the other one. I think it has yeah. to be a deep, booming voice, but yeah, he's like, like psychically communicating Archie. as a child. It's me, Craig. Archie, you are my father. Oh, <laughs> jeez. So... Three nights later, Archie took the entire gang to the cemetery to show them his son's grave. Um, he claims, and he had been there multiple times with Carol. He used to take care, take Carol there all the time. Um, Bit of a bummer. Yeah, he said that they that he would sit by the grave and sob and cry that it wasn't fair and vow that he would avenge his death. Um, but Real on hot this... first date. Oh <laughs> yeah, I was like, ooh, Archie. I don't mean to be a dick, but I thought we were going to Hardy's again. <laughs> <laughs> you promised me an ice cream cone. Um, <laughs> on August twenty seventh, he said that he heard a voice coming from the grave, <gasps> saying, "Kill seven, kill seven. And this is just like five days after he just murdered that dude. Uh, this is three days after he murdered that dude. Okay, my math's bad. Kill but, yeah. seven. What was it? Kill seven. I can't hear. There's a lot of dirt. <laughs> what was it? <sighs> Kill seven. <laughs> uh, so they stayed at the grave for a little while and then went to a nearby hotel where they planned out the night's events. Again, they were planning to just rob somebody except for Archie. He for sure was planning to kill someone. Now we're just going to rob him, right? We're not going to murder him? Yeah. 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 Rob them yeah. of their lives. No. <laughs> We've been over this like 33 times. Don't kill anyone. Okay, but like, okay, I just got killed like the first seven. No. Oh, okay. I think we got it. Let's just go. Okay. Um, <laughs> all Archie wanted to do was go back to the grave 
because he felt like he had heard his son's voice. And so they dropped off Julie and Mick and had them hitchhike. The plan was that they would have, they would like hitchhike, they would get someone to pick them up. And then at gunpoint, they would drive the person that picked them up back to the cemetery. Back at the cemetery, Archie believed that he could see a bright light over his son's grave and a figure standing just out of the light. He approached the person and he, he claims that it said, Dad, is that you, Dad? And he knew that it was his son who had come back from the grave. Hmm. So this is how powerful the hallucinations are on PCP, is that he believes he's seeing his dead son. Um, his dead son allegedly said, do you want me to come back to you? And he says, of course, but that can't happen. And he says, you can do something for me. I want you to kill seven people. So he saw his son as like an adult? I, he's saying it's a figure standing. So I'm imagining that it has to be an adult. And that's when I saw my son. I knew he was my son, even though he looked just like Andrew Keegan. <laughs> <laughs> With this giant macabre. <laughs> it was just like, crystals! <laughs> he said, kill seven and drink kombucha. <laughs> so only a few minutes later... A car pulled into the cemetery and stopped by the grave. In the car were Julie and Mick, and they were holding 42-year-old Ronald Neal Cox at gunpoint. Um, He was a miner who had just finished his shift and was on his way home. Boy, he's got the words Neal and Cox right (laughs) right there. When Uh, you said he was a miner, I was like, I thought you said he was 42. And then I was like, oh. Uh, Was he mining crystals? I just got it too. I was, yeah, it threw me for a loop where I was like, what? So he felt bad for the two kids standing in the rain, picked them up. Unfortunately, it was a fatal mistake. And McCafferty ran from the gravesite over to them. Ronald Cox was forced to lay down in the mud and they held rifles to the back of his head. He begged for his life. He kept begging. And then Archie kept hearing, kill seven, kill seven believing that seven was his, you know, magic number and having heard a a hallucination tell him to kill seven people. Um, He turned to everyone else and said, I'll have to knock him. He's seen all of our faces. Mick, kill him. And Mick was like, "Uh, what? No. Um, uh, I thought we were just robbing this guy. And Archie insisted. So Ronald Cox kept begging for his life. And unfortunately made the mistake of telling Archie that he was the father of seven children. In Archie's mind, this is a coincidence. And at the word seven, Archie and Mick each shot Ronald Cox through the back of the head. As they were leaving, allegedly to drive to Liverpool, Archie looked at his son's grave. And he said he could still see the shadowy figure laughing loudly. And he started laughing with his son. So imagine if you're the other people in the group with him. And he just like looks at the grave and is like, ha 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 ha. And you, I feel like at this point, a lot of the like group members are like, well, he's nuts. Uh, I can't <laughs> leave. I don't, I guess I still don't understand. Like, cause a lot of the cults we cover are like, 
hey, like, I'm going to rope you in with some lovey-dovey shit. Exactly. And, then, like, and this one's just like, I don't know, we just rounded up a bunch of kids. We started killing people. Like, it just mm-hmm. seems like, what are they doing? Why? What? I know. And I feel like what it has to be for some of them is, because he's a little older than them, but not much older than them. He's only still at this point in, like, his early 20s. I think, yeah, he's because he's still a young cunt, right? He's still kind of a young cunt. The oldest is Carol at 26. So I think for all of them, they're just like, eh, we're young, we're having parties, it's going to be fun. And I think they just thought that they were going to, like, rob people, get money, and, you know, be 'er ne'er-do-wells and just kind of have a good time. And then the murders start happening, and you're just like, oh, no. (laughs) Okay, Archie, here's the thing. Murder one, shame on you. Murder Murder two, two, shame shame on on me. me. (laughs) Murder three, stop doing PCP. Yeah, exactly. Um, Archie later told detectives that his only regret about murdering Ronald Cox was that he wasn't closer to the grave so that some of his blood could have dripped onto it. Whoa. Jesus. Yeah. Calm down. He is intense. After... Matter of fact, I think I might get that as my new tattoo. (laughs) Oh. After killing Cox... uh, all the gang members returned to Archie's house where they drank beer and watched TV, which to me, I'm like, you just watched somebody die and you're just going to yeah. hang out and watch TV. 10 things I hate about you is on VH1 <laughs> right now. What do you want me to miss it? I mean, it's Heath Ledger. He's on national hero. <laughs> God. Uh, Those um, abs. Oh. Archie could just ugh abs. I like in a like a appreciative. Okay. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, Archie claims he could still hear the voice telling him to kill seven. And so he instructed all of the group to go out and find another victim again. So in the early hours of that morning, they picked up a 24, 24 year old driving instructor, Evangelos Colias. Uh, again, he had Julie and Todd, or I'm sorry, Julie and Dick, Julie, Todd, Dick Whittington hitchhike. And then they brought the car to Archie. They forced him into the, they forced Coleus into the back seat and had him lie on the floor while Julie drove the car back to the flat. Then Archie took over with Archie driving. They set out towards Liverpool. Um, the idea being that they were going to rob a factory but the group knew that Archie kind of had different motives. Um, they told Coleus to lie down in the back and lay low because they didn't want him to see where they were going. And they told him that they wouldn't harm him. They just needed his car. But Archie's plan was definitely to kill him. And then he wanted to drive the car with the body in it to Blacktown and kill his ex-wife, her mother, and his damn boyfriend, Bill. <laughs> like the one that he mentioned on the bricks. So that would make sense. That okay, two six. questions. That makes six. Second question: Did they not go to the police with the bricks? I I'm sure that they did, but at this point, it's only been four days. That's fair. oh my god. Yeah, it's only been four days since the bricks. This is a real ramp up. Yeah, it's this is a berserker mode for sure. Yeah. The plan was to you know kill Coleus, then drive to Blacktown, kill ex-wife and her mother and boyfriend, which would make six, and then he had decided that he didn't trust Rick. So he's going to kill him. And Rick was going to be seven. So he's not playing a game. He's playing a game of kill, kill, kill instead of fuck, marry, kill. Exactly. Just kill, kill, and then kill someone. Oh, I think I'd kill Rick. i definitely kill my ex-wife. And then uh, I'm going to kill Bill. I'm going to kill Bill. Oh! 
I think I came up with a good idea for a movie, guys. <laughs> I call it I call it Kill and Hate Bill. <laughs> <laughs> So Archie told Dick to kill Coleus. Dick wasn't sure that he could, but Coleus woke up from his nap and in the back of the car, Whittington held the rifle to his head and pulled the trigger. He no. died instantly. Boy. Archie urged him to shoot him again. So they did, even though he was already dead. And then they dumped the body on a deserted street nearby. Unfortunately, the car didn't have enough gas to get to his ex-wife's house. Or unfortunately, for, yeah, yeah. unfortunately for her. Unfortunate for his plan. Uh, so they abandoned the plan for that night. They would have to get gas and then go. And they decided it was better to wait a day. Well, this is awkward. <laughs> and they're just like walking with the gas can. Just like, like pushing the car. We're gonna kill ya! Don't <laughs> run away! <laughs> so, um... And they probably would have succeeded in killing his wife and her family if Rick Webster hadn't been the snitch that Archie thought he was. Rick Webster to the rescue. We would have gotten away with it, too, if it weren't for these meddling Ricks. (laughs) (laughs) So he had gone to the police. Um, Actually, Rick went to a like a news station what yeah it's yeah. Hold on it's so he went to the sunday sydney morning herald newspaper building um so he had talked to the police and then went to i guess he worked as an apprentice compositor yeah well, we can kind of squeeze this story in between the cricket scores and the local kangaroo fights. And the list of spider deaths. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be honest, it's most of our newspaper. <laughs> so, um, Archie was pretty sure that Rick had turned them in. He figured if they couldn't kill his wife, Rick was the next best thing. <laughs> they parked a van right outside Rick's building where he worked. He could see them through the windows. So from inside the building, he had a reporter call the police. So the detectives arrived and arrested them. And when they arrested him, Archie told them that he was on his way to Blackdown to kill three people. (laughs) Like he didn't even, he was like, yeah, gonna kill three, gonna kill this one too. And then he told them he wanted to cut off his wife's head and send it in a box to the chief of the Criminal Investi- Investigation Bureau. <laughs> okay. Seven style. <laughs> oh, seven. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. oh, my God. This fucking film nerd piece of shit. I mean, I guess this is before all those films came out, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, who knows? Maybe David Fincher heard this story and was just like, oh, I've got an idea. Uh, I Rick. Come outside. <laughs> We're not going to hit you. No. <laughs> I've got candy in the van and puppies <sighs> and spiders. Okay, I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> um, so obviously Archie went to jail um, for quite a long time. Uh, he was at the time labeled Australia's Charles Manson. 
because of the same kind of like leading a bunch of teens to kill people. Yeah. Earned um, it. Earned it. Earned this it, happened like what? It. Like uh, 20 years after the Manson murders? You know what? Actually not that long. We're talking about maybe t- like not even 10 years because Manson is 69. This mostly happens. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, this mostly happens in 73, 74. When I was... Uh, what do you? Oh, when I was editing the episodes, I noticed that every time we said the fr- the the phrase 1969, I ju- you in the background a little bit. You hear me go <laughs> <laughs> every time. You hear me just like a little bit. Like, <laughs> yeah. So he was investigated by three different psychiatrists during the trial. Um, one who basically was like, "Yeah, that guy was he's fucking nuts." Uh, so he. Yeah criminally insane another it was like nah he knew what he was up to he knew what he was doing and then a third that ended up not testifying at trial but was just like yeah he's crazy but he also knew it was wrong so hmm. um he did go to prison he was sentenced to three life sentences concurrently but in australia life sentences are a little bit different uh america has one of the longest life sentences on earth mm-hmm. we we have some of the harshest um prison sentencing requirements um so his life sentences would have only put him in jail for 30 to 40 years which at you know 25 he would have been out at 65 mm-hmm. this is with three life sentences would have put him away for 30 to 40 years yeah each sentence or just together no, total what yeah Mm-hmm. Well, I guess Canada. when everything can fucking kill you, your life is a lot shorter, yeah? Uh, Jesus. Canada has shorter sentences as well. Um, that's why uh, I don't think Vincent, they know what life means. Vincent Lee is already out in Canada. Why? Yeah. Why? So I actually kind of agree with our life sentencing. I mean, if the person is guilty, sure. Yeah, if they're guilty, for sure. If they're right. not, no. I don't agree with the death penalty, but I do right. agree with... Sending somebody away if they're guilty forever. So it took massive amounts of tranquilizers to keep Archie under control in prison for years, at least another 10 years. Um, he tried to escape multiple times. He basically made his way through every maximum security prison in Australia. Um, and whenever he was asked, he would tell them, yeah, I'm going to kill again. I've got to kill four more. So he even 10 years later is like, yeah, I got four more people to kill to bring my son back. Did he did he ever try and kill anybody in prison? Police believe that he was the mem- a member of a secret quote unquote murder squad uh, in Pramada Jail in 1981. They were responsible for four murders within the prison. Oh, there you oh, go. Oh shit! So he potentially did hit seven, um, but for one of them, his cellmate was eventually found guilty. Okay, but he was definitely there. Mm-hmm. So accessory, but he he wasn't charged necessarily with any additional time mm. on any of those murders. Um, he was moved through a number of prison prisons until in 1987 he ratted out a number of prisoners and guards for abuses within the prison system, and was entered into the witness protection unit in 1987. What? What? Mm-hmm. So they had kind of shuffled in between a number of prisons, but it was clear that he probably couldn't stay in prison. He would probably die there murdered. Yeah. Um, and no parole listing had been given for him. 
1991, he applied for parole and was actually heard by a judge. Um, they granted him a 20-year parole period dating back from his original um, his original sentencing, which that was doesn't even in 1973, sense. which would mean that he was eligible for release in 1993. So in 1993, he applied for parole again, mm-hmm. and they granted it. What? And then he was deported back to Scotland. What? Where he continues to live. Uh, He married a woman in prison. Um, He was put on two years probation in 1998 after threatening to kill police officers. The tattoo told me to. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, He threatened them after a car chase through Edinburgh after a wild night of drinking. He did not like that comedy festival. Right. Um, He apparently got into an argument with his wife at the time, who complained that he had left home with their four-month-old baby to go drinking and then enter a high-speed police chase. So he pleaded guilty to careless driving, but again, just probation, and he has lived in Scotland ever since. Which is how we have the interview of him much later. I'm not going to play it for you, although it is kind of interesting, but Mm -hmm. it's like 11 minutes long. Um, He does something that Casey Anthony kind of does that I feel like the only other place I ever see it in interviews is movie stars who have like one really famous movie that people won't stop talking about. Yeah. Where they're just like, you keep asking me about Captain America, but you haven't asked about my directorial work. <laughs> like it's that kind of. Yeah. So in his interview, they're just like, so, you know, people haven't heard from you people. He's like, people always want to do interviews, but they keep asking me about the murders. And it's like, yeah, duh. <laughs> it's oh, like Jesus. he's annoyed. He's like, no one ever asks me about my Etsy store. <laughs> just like, like he's <laughs> mad that Wait, people does are. Does he still... actually have an Etsy store? No, I no. Oh, no. God, There's, but it was amazing. just like that's the level of triviality. There's like people won't shut up about these damn seven people I killed. <laughs> I got an Etsy store. It's uh finished beer cans made of <laughs> finished beer cans. Oh, I thought you were gonna say it's knives made of it's, finished it's beer cans. <laughs> Uh, it's just poetry from my dead son. Uh, kill seven, kill seven, kill seven, kill seven. It's a haiku. <laughs> <laughs> it's called uh, kill seven syllables. Uh, <laughs> now I imagine. <laughs> kill five, kill seven, kill five. <laughs> All right, now I want to set the scene for you. Edinburgh, Scotland, inside of an apartment. A man sits on a sofa next to his wife, a face of pure anger, as he takes off his headphones and he says, Honey, you ever heard of a podcast? (laughs) I've got to go to America. And this is why we have a P.O. Box. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think. No, he's probably not. He's fairly old now. Yeah, fuck him. Ah, you old cunt. Hey, how dare you call me out? He's young. No, he is pretty old. Aye, you have respect for your elder cunts. So- <laughs> wow. That's not the ending I expected. No one expects me that either. ending. Me either. I was like, and this know- is a murder-suicide for sure. Yeah. yeah, and I know for a long time it really seemed like it was just about a murder, and the cult kind of comes in at the end. But I feel like if you convince six other people to just like, yeah, Yo, this shit kill is- somebody... Wild. Yeah. It was crazy. Super nuts. 
So yeah, that super nuts is other a people. super nuts is a nickname for PCP. For PCP. <laughs> I got, penis. <laughs> I got the super nuts. Oh my god! Whatever oh. happened to the other people? What happened to all the other people? Um, a few of them were also convicted. Um, most of them have been released at this point. I mean, but there, was there any sort of like overarching, 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 overarching yeah. ideology that like tied them together, or was it really like we love PCP and Meta? I think it's more like we love PCP like- and Archie's cool. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly think it's a case of um, someone thinking a party is cool and then the party takes a dark turn, but it's too late to get off the ride. Oh, man, I did that last night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for those of you yes, not in the know, did. I went to a party last night. I had too much to drink and then I, n- I had nothing to eat and I got very sick and I threw up in a bathroom and then I fell asleep on a bed and then I fell asleep in a couch. Mm-hmm. Inside of a couch. Inside of a couch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Could have a- fallen asleep in the treehouse. Could have been worse. There you go. That would have been very dangerous. Yeah, the only apartment in Los Angeles with a treehouse. Yeah. Seriously. It's weird. It's really cool. It's yeah. really dope. It's. I was telling her that it's like, because it's covered in, the place that I fell asleep in has like a light up dance floor. And and what? The whole yeah. inside is red. The whole inside is and it's red. Covered it's with red with Christmas, Christmas lights. lights. Okay, so I have to go to the next one. Yeah. I was really invited to this party cool. and didn't it's go. And I the thing have is, gone. is like at night it's cool to be there, but in the morning it felt like I woke up in a strip club. Oh amazing. Because all the lights <laughs> are just on. Everything's just on. And I see like a set he's got like a sour patch kid in the window, and I'm like, I fucking hate my life. I made some terrible decisions. Like a big sour patch kid? Like a fucking two foot Sour Patch Kid. Like an inflatable? Like an no, edible? like it's a cardboard cutout. Like a cardboard cutout. Oh, cut okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was weird. I love Doug Fager, but uh, <laughs> fellow comedian Doug Fager. Um, but his house is a is a goof. <laughs> if you like preserving your mental health, don't do PCP. For sure. But, but if, also if you like preserving your physical health and the physical health of others, don't do PCP. Yeah. But if you like preserving the health of our national parks, boom, boom segue, baby. Segue. Well, then you should buy apparel and gear from Open Skies Trading Company. They are our official sponsor of Colt Podcast. And uh, guys, they're really great. They make shirts, they make posters, stickers, gear is what I've been told to say by Alex. Uh, our friend Alex runs the, uh, I was going to say cult. Uh, <laughs> it's definitely he, not a cult, it's just him. Yeah, it's just a business. Um, they're also uh, the printers for our Om Shinrikyo posters, which should be coming in today. Yay! We got them late because of a weird delay. I got super sick, and then also um, there was an issue with the printing, and then... Uh, <clears throat> I know this is weird, but uh, the, and I'm not trying to yell at him, I guess, but Bush dying kind of fucked up post office for a Oh, it did for a minute. Yeah, for a day. So it just kind of like, it delayed that shit. So we're going to try and get them out as soon as possible. Those should be shipping out very quickly. Um, And yeah, Open Skies Trading Company is great. They make really cool Americana-based uh national parks forest themed gear and apparel and they also um every purchase that you make that's the word i'm looking for every purchase that you make every step you take i'll be watching you in the forest yeah oh god this is a horror movie i'm a bear 
Uh, for every purchase that you make through Open Skies Trading Company, they will donate $1 to the National Parks Foundation, which is a foundation that exists to help the national parks. Yay! Yeah. It's really great. You can go to openskiestrading.com or you can follow them on Facebook and Instagram, Open Skies Trading Co. That's Open Skies uh, Trading Co. It's an easier way to help the national parks because usually you just have to like leave picnic baskets as donations. <laughs> <laughs> it, it has everything you want. It has art, it has altruism, it has Alex. It's great. Yeah. Uh, and if, hey, if you want to, if you want to, boy, oh boy, what should I say here? If you want to not do PCP and, and give it to me, if you want to give me your PCP, no. give it to me, give me your PCP, Please give it no. to me, give it, G- give it, give. Uh, Armando, what was in that vape earlier? <laughs> I call it. I call it my vape nuts. Uh, <laughs> if you want to send me that sweet, sweet vape nuts, oh These god! Nuts. Oh, oh my god! Boy. If you have a yes. vape shaped like nuts, if I oh. if I could create my own vape, I'd make one shaped like a dick and balls. That's what I want. <laughs> of course you would. Um, send send dick vapes to me, please. He calls uh, it high art. <laughs> uh, you can do that on social media, Twitter, and Instagram at Mondo Does Stuff. M A N D O Does Stuff. Uh, and if you want to send me uh, not PCP, like literally anything but PCP. But if you want to send your wife's head in a box a la David Fincher <laughs> 7, don't do that uh, either. <laughs> Just leave me alone. I'm at, <laughs> at Paige Wesley on Twitter or at Rampage Wesley on Instagram. <laughs> If you want to send me your decorative bricks, uh, oh shit! <laughs> please send them to. Uh, you can follow me on all the things at Sundress Comic, uh, or of course you can always send it to our PO box. Yeah, a lot of people don't know this, but the way I asked out Andrea is I sent a brick through her house that said, "Are you up?" <laughs> uh, true story. There was if- a pigeon attached to it as well. <laughs> if you meet me in real life. I will sign a brick if you have a brick. Oh, yeah. You must have the brick on your person. <laughs> I'm thinking maybe we should make, like, paper mache bricks with messages on them. <laughs> as, like, a form of merch. Like a paperweight. <laughs> just, just in the store, just be, like, a brick. You can add your own message. It's yeah. customizable. I actually yeah, know s- someone that uh, carves bricks. We can talk after the show. If Ooh. you send, yeah, if you send us, send us your message and then we'll fucking Archie it up for you. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll, we'll have that printed. Uh, if you want to send us an email, you can do so by emailing us at coltpodcastshow at gmail.com. You can also go to our website, which has been newly... Uh, I don't know what the term is. You can is. read it better on phones now. You can do it on Yay! phones. I spent, it's really cute. I spent two days fixing our website on both uh, the actual platform and mobile and now the website looks dope as fuck and that is coldpodcastshow.com and if you do want to send us bricks with messages <laughs> don't do it through our windows do it to 3756 west avenue 40 sweet k number 237 like, like the, the shining los angeles california 90065 and you can find that address on our website it's at the very bottom of the page uh at the very bottom of the page, Wesley. And, hey. uh, hey. 
Yeah. So do all those things, and we love you so much. And thank you for supporting and listening and doing anything, and we love you. <laughs> and if you want to send like potential brick messages to the Facebook group, do that. I very much enjoyed all of our letters from White Fortress. Oh my god, oh, yes, yeah. they're so good, so funny. We'll have to we'll have to do a bonus episode where we read that, and then maybe maybe. Uh, Hey, guys, if you send us a good enough brick message, maybe I'll make you a brick. The winner will get a brick. <laughs> we'll figure that Best out. Best brick message gets a brick. <laughs> send brick pics. Ah, yes! <laughs> Oh my god. Okay. That's the best possible way to finish. Oh my god, yes. Um I'm gonna say don't drink the PCP. No. Uh and don't drink the Kool-Aid. Bye. Bye. It's a good podcast, you cunts. <laughs> okay, I have to use the bathroom so bad. <laughs>